Welcome to Get With IT, a podcast by IT Ops Times. The host today is Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of IT Ops Times. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about breaking down silos and building the right culture in an organization to do so. Uh, joining me today is Brian Emerson. He's Vice President and General Manager of the IT Operations Management Business at ServiceNow. How you doing, Brian? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, me too. Me too. One of the things I wanted to start with is uh, somebody told me a while back, I can't remember who it was, that silos were created for a reason uh, or else there wouldn't be so many of them. So I'd like to start this off by asking you, so what is it about silos that were so good when they were started that now are such an impediment to many organizations? Yeah, it's interesting. Like when you say that, I, I kind of think about the silos in like a farm field, right? the whole grain versus other things. And right. and like, it, it's almost like if you just start there is I think the, the reason why silos are important is that like each silo has a job to do, right? Um, so different tanks are responsible for, for holding different things. If you think about like a, a, a physical silo, yeah. I think in the organizational structure, it's, it's very similar, right? Like there's, there's responsibilities that you have to do based on what role you're in. If you're part of a networking organization, you got to make sure all the networking equipment is up and running inside of an operations center, right? And, or inside of your data centers or, or in the cloud. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be different from a different group that has a different function or task. So I almost look at it as like silos were built to try and execute on functional tasks. I think the area where you start running into trouble is when you're you're always operating in those stacks 100% of the time and you almost don't have things that are crossing stacks. And I think like when you get in, when we get into this conversation it's really like how do you unlock that piece of it? So a, a silos are always going to exist in the sense that there's individual tasks to get done. But they, you still have to kind of have a rallying call that unites, especially when you start talking about, you know, people in organizations versus, you know, stacks that exist in, a, in an oil field somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, we see it with the, the whole shift left movement where developers are now being asked to be responsible for testing and a little bit of security and things of that nature. And you know, communication there is going to be critical and and being able to cross those silos, as it were. Uh, to get the information that they need to do their jobs is is really critical. So uh, so what would you say then, what would be like your first step to helping organizations create a culture that can allow for that type of uh, knowledge exchange? I mean, to me, I think it starts with the phrase, what is the mission? Right? Like what what is the thing that you're organizing collectively to be able to solve for? And I think oftentimes that either that's not well articulated in the organization. Like if you, if you look at ServiceNow, defining enterprise software company of the 21st century, like that's a term you'll hear our CEO talk about all the time. It's the rallying call for the company. It's the mission that we're on. And then you go layers below that, like we're the end-to-end platform for digital transformation, right? And so now as an organization, you have a rallying call. And I think oftentimes that rallying call or that mission is missing. And, and so I think like that's the starting point is, do you feel like you have a well-articulated mission that the organization can rally behind? I think the more you can do that, you're breaking down silos because everybody's kind of operating against a common belief or, or goal. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, I think that does a lot to drive the type of culture you have in an organization. Right. And I think below that, which which often gets missed is, okay, you've articulated it. 
the amount of the time you have to spend communicating it is significant. But I think we underrepresent what it means to to kind of like picture an organization. You're just like, okay, now you have a like we've got a lot of developers inside of our organization. You have an entry level developer that just started in in Hyderabad in India. What does it take for them to get onboarded into that same mission? And the level of communication that you have to constantly have inside of the organization to build those connections is something that you can almost like never let your guard down on. But but that's kind of the way I think about it, is it, it is the start to breaking down silos is really like, what is the mission? Are you a lot like like have you communicated that mission and have you really communicated that mission? Um, one of the guys I used to work with a lot was um, he always said this. Anytime you're talking about strategy, my uh, my theory is repeat, repeat, repeat. Like just keep telling people it because it takes a long a long time for it to absorb. Interesting, interesting. So we also hear a lot these days about uh, uh, value stream management, which a lot of people are kind of uh, putting it forward as the thing that's going to uh, you know cross the divide between uh, developers and the business side. They're going to be able to communicate better uh, by using more common uh, languages and and uh, analytics and things of that nature. Um, so, uh, is that an effective way to perhaps break down some silos? Is that something that you're seeing? I know you guys are kind of in that space. So, so how does that kind of tie in if it does? I think it absolutely does. Right. So like when I say start with the mission, if you're thinking about like an IT organization, you're like, start with the services that we're providing. Like, do we have those services well-documented and do we understand the roadmap behind those services and how's that been communicated across the teams that are helping us to deliver them? Not just the developers that are building code, but the operational teams that are going to support them, the teams that are looking at, you know, audits and risk profiles and looking for security vulnerabilities, right? Like, once you say, like, hey, we have documented the set of services that we're collectively responsible for delivering, now everybody has a role in that, like, that almost gets back to the mission. So I think the interesting part of, of value stream management is you're almost documenting out the mission in software, and I think one of the interesting things about like a platform like ServiceNow is we're connecting the dots in our platform. Where we're just like, hey, we're going to actually, it's not something you're just documenting in a PowerPoint somewhere. We're actually like solidifying it in technology. And then we're allowing all the teams that are kind of interfacing or responsible for supporting that service to be like part of that collective, right? Inside of the same process, inside of the same tooling. Mm-hmm. And so I think not just value stream management as a concept helps build that unification, but also like, how are you applying it from a technology standpoint? And where are you, where are you thinking through the unifying elements that are bringing these different teams together? And, and like that's landed really well with our customers. I think that's one of the, the powers of the ServiceNow platform in general is we can kind of, we can meet customers where they are around their technology journeys, but also create that unification function of everybody's working off the same set of data. Everyone's working off of the same type of user experience when they actually get in the technology to do things like like manage your value streams or manage your mission critical services if you're an IP organization. So yeah, it resonates really well with me. I think it resonates with you know a lot of our customers and and honestly it's a it's a conversation that we have quite frequently if we're in a you know executive briefing and kind of talking through our strategy and roadmap. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Uh, and I know you also talk about the need to um, and and I've heard this a lot uh, for people to create a blameless culture uh, in which there's no finger pointing allowed. And uh, and a- how does that actually help to break down silos and, and increase communication? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting. I think it just goes back to the same thing. Is like if you can build a culture around a, a, a mission, like that's the starting point. Right. The blameless culture that goes along with that, though, is that if you think about SRE, like SRE is an interesting role in terms of like the model of the SRE. Like the, the model of the SRE is not to blame, blame the developer that something broke, but is to kind of look at the process behind what happened and understand how as an organization can we improve that process so something doesn't break again. It's not like Dave built bad code and everything broke. Thanks, Dave. Right. right. It's just like they were like like our responsibility as an organization is to build resilience into the thing that we're developing. And nobody inside this organization is perfect. We're going to recognize that number one. As a result of that, it's not it's not like I'm pointing at Dave saying you messed up. I'm pointing at the process saying, how do we improve it? And I think like that's the like that's the mind shift that I think needs to occur inside of organizations to kind of get away from finger pointing. Mm-hmm. But I think it also gets back to the root of what I said is what is the mission? Like I keep going back to that and maybe I'm doing the repeat, 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 right? But, <laughs> but until you've established that, there's so many things that just don't land well in terms of building connection points and building a culture where people can say, hey, we really are focused on the process and we believe that. And we're not focused on saying, hey, it was your job to get this done and you didn't. And as a result of that, now like a bunch of customers are mad at us. Mm-hmm. That's Right. Well, my- you know, at the risk of me asking you another question, that's going to lead to the repeat, repeat, repeat. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm curious to know, uh, you know, when you talk about the technologies that organizations are using and trying to keep people aligned and, and things of that nature, uh, is is there a role in there also for for what we're seeing with platform engineering, where uh, you know organizations are basically uh, setting out, okay, you know, here are the guardrails, here are the here are the limitations of tooling that we will allow people to use in here, or uh, is that kind of uh, off point a little bit? No, I think I, I mean to me that's really relevant. I mean, platform engineering a lot a lot of times, especially you think about the cloud world to be the cloud center of excellence, right? Like we're we're establishing like the platform narrative for us to go through our own digital transformation. Like what are the new services we're delivering? Where are those services going to run? How are we going to govern them? Um, I think like the, the, the model around whether you call it platform engineering or, or some center of excellence, mm-hmm. I think it's definitely a rallying call for, uh, for the same type of thing. I, th- I think the thing that you have to be careful with in that world, and we've seen it in the tech, some of the technology transitions is, is there's almost like, if you think about core operations in the past, there's almost, what you don't want to be seen as is we're the restrictor to innovation. Like we're the ones that are always putting up guardrails. We're always the ones that are like building process that's kind of slowing things down. So you have to think about if I'm going on a platform engineering journey, like how am I really changing the mindset to say, what am I doing to enable the people that are using this platform to move faster, innovate faster? Yeah, those guardrails are still there, but it's almost like the invisible hand. Like we're making sure that we're covering those things, right? As a platform, you don't have to worry about them, but we're not slowing you down as a result of it and putting more process in front of you. And I think like that's been the balance for a while now, right? Just been the whole DevOps culture of like almost application teams going, man, it's hard to interface with IT sometimes because I feel like all they're doing is slowing down our ability to move fast and we know we need to move fast. So platform engineering, I think, builds that rallying cry to kind of connect those organizations to say, hey, let's build a model that we think is going to allow us to innovate quickly, but also from an organizational standpoint, have the right governance in place when needed. Right. You know, it's really interesting. You know, we've been covering this space for, for a very long time. 
And, uh, you know, these new tools keep coming down the pike and, and new things to do. And, and then at the end, a lot of uh, vendors or whoever out there, you know, they say, oh, yeah, but really, you know, all you have to do is just change your culture. Like you snap your fingers and your culture has changed. That's probably the hardest part of doing these things, the tooling you can always get, but changing the mindset is difficult. How would you uh, advise people to start to, uh, you know, move their culture towards uh, these more modern uh, approaches? Well, I think, I think, I think one is like, what is the technology stack that helps build some alignment? Right. So like, I think the reality is, is that every large enterprise organization, any organization, like especially in the, in the age of just software, right. It's like, there's so many different technology stacks and tools that end up being used for different purposes. And I think the question is like, what's the connective tissue that exists between those tools and how do you make sure that connective tissue lands with the, the different organizations and people that are responsible for getting back to like the silos that they live in. Mm -hmm. So like we, like, I think that's one interesting way to kind of think about how you get started is, hey, what what are all the tools that different organizations use? And is there a way to create connective tissue from a process standpoint? And then getting back to value stream management, where we can actually document in technology, what's the mission that we're all on, right? Like, what's the technology that we're, that we're using as a baseline so that everybody has a shared viewpoint on the data set that we're working against? And then, like, once you kind of have that established, all right, now all these point tools that we have in our environment, how do we feed them into that same ecosystem? Like, I think that's the trick is like, you know, you're always going to have disconnected software stacks. And it's just like there has to be a unifying construct that exists. And we, we really believe that at ServiceNow. And I think that's kind of been the foundation for honestly, like a lot of our growth is that we haven't we haven't sit in this scenario of like we're just going and trying to replace all these point tools. It's more of like those exist for a reason, but to break down silos, to get into a, like a, like a less of a mindless culture, to to kind of think about everybody rallying around value stream or platform engineering and all the things we talked about so far, mm. you need a unifying construct. And I think oftentimes that needs to start with the technology choices that you're making and the platforms that you're relying on. Awesome. Well, that's a very interesting perspective. Uh, Brian Emerson, Vice President and General Manager of the IT Operations Management Business at ServiceNow. Thanks so much for your time today, Brian. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. It was fun. Cheers. Yeah. And of course, to all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dave Rubenstein. So long for now.